Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and uh, I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Ah, what's the place? Raining over here, but the sun is shining right now, man. Everything's good. <laughs> All right. Now, also, we have a special guest, uh, Glenn Bloodsaw Jr. How's it going, my brother? I'm all right, man. I'm doing pretty good, fellas. How y'all doing, man? Good, good. Yeah, yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, so uh, first question we ask is uh, how many kids you got and uh, their ages? And also, what do you do professionally? All right. So, well, first of all, I want to start this off by saying I I, I did it backwards, man. Because I ain't going to give my age. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't know if you're going to, but anyway. Nah. <laughs> I got a couple of decades, you know, I've got, I got a couple of decades after you supposed to start having kids. And, uh, my, just put it like this. I was 17 when my, when my parents was my age, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got, uh, I got, uh, I got three kids, um, six, four, and two, two boys, one at, uh, and a girl in the middle. I'm trying to do the math in my head. 17 minus. I'm trying <laughs> trying to figure yeah, it no, out. My, no, I was just saying my parents, my parents, uh, my parents was in their in their 40s or, or late 40s when I when I was uh when I was 17. My kids over here, toddlers. Now, I, still, I still gotta buy, I still gotta buy pull-ups and stuff. Change sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're in the fun, the fun stages, man. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, and what do you do uh, professionally? Well, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, uh, emphasis and rehab, post, post-surgery rehab, uh, uh, really focusing on uh, like the problem doing shoulder, back, uh, knees and hips. That's good. Yeah, so. so he is back there screaming right now. <laughs> I, so uh, before I jumped on, I, well, it sounded like you all were talking about this uh, when I jumped on, but like your last name is is Bloodsaw. Yeah, B L O O D S A W. Do you know anything about like where it come from or your family, your lineage? Man, you know what? Um, well, uh, the the name itself. Well, I start off by saying this: I did my I did trace my DNA lineage, and on my paternal side, on my father's side, I'm eighty six percent. Ghanaian. Okay. Um, uh, but um, as far as the last name, uh, up until probably up until about like four years ago, I always thought it was Native American, you know. Uh, yeah. But actually, the slang is English slang for butcher. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I, I don't know what my forefathers did. <laughs> I mean, I, I know they I know they farm, they was farmers when when my uh when my pops came along, when my pops came along, but uh yeah, I don't know what they did prior to that though. With the, with, with butcher. <laughs> no, nah, that's pretty cool. I know like um back then your last name would be like your occupation. Occupation, right. So they might have been butchers. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty dope, man. No, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. No problem. So, um, like, how did you get into the field of, uh, of uh, like, training and personal training? 
man, um, it's all connected to like so I'm a um a former scholarship athlete, played at uh actually I graduated from Northern Illinois out of uh out of a metro Detroit area out the out the uh, suburbs, but I'm playing at Northern. Um ended up uh hurting my back. Uh, had a condition called spondylolysis, degeneration of the disc plus uh cracked vertebrae. Right. But I was like, yeah, but I actually had a def uh, a deformity of the, uh, my my lowest vertebrae. So like, um, anytime my muscles would atrophy, um, like if you know I got weak in the abs or something like that, it just reared his ugly head. Um, thing like sophomore year in college, training, and then I just couldn't move. Man, my back just and my leg went numb and all that stuff. Right. And, you know. Next thing I know, I got, I got to uh, get diagnosed with this condition. And I'm like, what do I do after this? What do I do? And so I figured I, um, figured I had to, you know, I had to get into an occupation that was going to, um, that was going to uh, allow me to work out. You know, I figured, you know, if I'm a workout, I want to get paid for it. Yeah. And so, right. So that's how I got into, uh, got into training and stuff like that. And then it just morphed into something else. That's cool. So you, I say you play football. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? Actually, man, uh, I, I take that back. Um, I, I'm gonna rewind a little bit more. Uh, actually, when I was uh, my sophomore, well, no, my junior year in, uh, in high school, I got shot in the head. Mm. Right, I got shot in the back of the head, and so that's when I realized, like. Uh, like, um, well, that's what that's what caused my my abs and stuff to expose my lower back, my core to expose my lower back, you know. And so, I I, I worked out, um, I trained, I ran track, everything my uh, my the my end of my junior year to try to get back into uh, into condition, and. Um, so I could play football again. Well, because uh, that was my ticket. That was my ticket to um. That was my ticket to school. You know, uh -huh. my mom gonna be able to pay for me. You know, my I, my mom and my dad come from a two parent household. Both both of my parents hard working and stuff like that. But uh, you know, they weren't gonna be able to uh, pay for it and stuff. And so you know, I'm like, I'm already getting a lot of accolades from the football and stuff like that. And and uh. And academics and stuff, and so I was just like, you know, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and train and try to get back to that level. It was a hard road. Um, it was a real hard road because, like, uh, first maybe first four or five games, I couldn't even make it through the first half. Mm. Wow. I had these crazy headaches, and that's when I started meditating and stuff like that. I didn't know it was meditation at the time. My trainer just told me, breathe in through your nose and blow out your mouth. And just try to relax, and then it helped. It helped. So, and then I got into college, and then that's when the, the other stuff was exposed. Um, you know, from the, from my original uh, injury. Okay. Wow. So you got a a lot of perseverance, you know, through yeah. your story. Like, yeah, man, it's it ain't stopped yet. It ain't stopped yet. How do you think? Going through all that has helped you as a father. Well, you know what? It just added to it. All it did was add to my my drive, my my tenacity. 
Cause my pops, I ain't even see, I ain't never see that dude sleep. I ain't never, see, I mean, like when we, uh, when I was younger, he was working at Chrysler, you know, and living in Detroit, everybody working for the big three, stuff like that. So he was making the good money and everything. And then uh, I think I was like, I think something like that, he got laid off. And like he had went over to the management side, so he, they didn't have that union to protect him. So they just laid him off, and then it was a wrap. Mm. And that dude was like, you know, I ain't gonna sit here and, and not bring in no money. And I'm looking at this. And so he started cutting grass, he was painting houses, uh, working security, driving trucks. He was doing whatever he could, you know, to uh to make sure we had. You know, and like, um, and we lived in the, you know, we lived in the upscale suburbs and we wasn't upscale at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we wasn't upscale at all. And I, you know, my pops, my parents, you know, my pops and my, my mom, they just, they hustled. They hustled to get us what we needed. You know, like kids called me spoiled and, I, and my parents probably had the least prestigious uh, job where we lived. So, um, is is your dad still alive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad, um, and he still got the same drive. Okay. Let me tell you, man, well, I don't know. It might be because they was born. He was, you know, he from the farm and stuff. But like his brothers would come and visit. This would be like Thanksgiving holiday or whatever it is. So you know, relax, want to drink and eat turkey and all that stuff. Man, I wake up in the morning, they outside in the back, cutting down a tree, fixing the food <laughs> shed, laying cement. I mean, I don't, I'm looking like, okay, so this is what I'm supposed to do? All right. You know, I, 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 just, you know, I just stand around and just look. Like, okay, you know, just, just soaking it up. Hmm. Yeah. He, like, he, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now nah, I said he, uh, he, he's 70, he's, uh, he's 74 now, 74 now. And um, the dude barely can walk, but he walks down the street and shovels the neighbor's yard, snowblower, uh, all that, because um, the neighbor's older than him. So he like, I got to go this dude out. <laughs> he goes, I'm young buck on the block. I got to. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad is the guy that go cut everybody's yard and stuff like that. I'm like, this dude. I'm like, mom, why don't he sleep? He, he, he will. He, he get tired sometimes. Yeah. So, like outside of like the hard work and um, work ethic, what other things has your father uh, like values have he instilled in you and teachings about like manhood and fatherhood? No, you know what? It was made like um, a lot of the other stuff I picked up. I picked up elsewhere. My my dad was just like he was just like make sure you eat. Make sure you got clothes and you get where you need to go. That was my pops. Okay. So he, he, right. So he made the, the essentials. Yeah, right. the essentials. Yeah, you, you got the essentials. You are uh, you you good. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you know, a lot of the other stuff actually I picked up from uh from James Evans. Well, I mean, he was actually, you know what, he was a lot like my pops, though. He was a lot like my dad, disciplinary and strong, you know. Um, he yeah, you know, he just he was like he, he ruled basically he ruled with an iron fist, you know, he make made sure that I did what I was supposed to do. 
and I was where I was supposed to be. Don't be late, you know, always present yourself well, that type of stuff, you know. Um, no matter no matter you got five dollars or five hundred dollars in your pocket, you you know, you 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 stand with some uh with a little bit of self-respect. Where do you think your dad got that uh that work ethic from? Just was that innate or that's something that is in the blood saw DNA? It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's it's in the blood saw um uh pedigree. Um he came from a family of twelve. Wow. Four with twelve twelve siblings. Right. Um two a girl at the girl at both ends, ten boys straight in the middle. Mm. And, uh I think only one of them actually had like a regular nine to five job. Hmm. Everybody worked for themselves. I had an uncle who uh, who was out there out in Beverly Hill. He painted. He was, he painted houses. He painted all the houses of the rich and famous. Better had two uncles went up to Alaska, opened up a body shop. Um, That's good. You said Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. Well, yeah, because uh, back in the you know back in the seventies, they was doing a Alaskan pipeline. They came home from the from the war from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them uh, ended up going up there, worked on the pipeline, saved up their cash, and then opened up a body shop up there in Anchorage. I've been up there a couple times to see them too. Beautiful. You know, you, you um, I think that was an episode on Good Times when James was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to go to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, man, that's what I'm saying. It's like I love that. That was like a mirror image of you know what I was living. Hmm. So you say you had ten uncles. Like, what? Um, what are some things they told you about, or like taught you about? Man, it was just it was just the whole. It was just like. The closeness, uh, uh, you know, just depending on each other, everybody helping each other out, that type of stuff. And so, like, you know, the, I, but I will tell you like this: the one thing about my dad having so many brothers, the um, reaching out and networking to outside the family wasn't huge. You know, that was that wasn't a huge thing that was emphasized because, like, you know, they they were so tight knit. They, you know, they're still tight knit. Several of them, you know, they're still living today and they still tight knit. Talk, you know, they call each other, talk on the phone. You know, I'm cool with some of my cousins. I got a cousin actually who lives out in Naperville. You know, he he was like my big brother. We grew up, uh, we grew up only in Detroit. We grew up in Detroit, um, like maybe two blocks from one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he was about 14 years older than me. So he, you know, he basically was like my big brother, telling me, give me direction, telling me where to go, what to do, what not to do, you know, how to keep myself out of trouble, that type of stuff. Okay. Can you can you talk about the situation with um, you being shot? Like, what happened with with that? Oh, man, it was just some awesome uh, random stuff, man. I was a youngster out there kicking it, um, you know, uh, it, uh, it was uh, it was Thanksgiving. We had just got out of school. You know, we was about to uh, had just missed the playoffs and uh, football or whatnot. So we was like, you know, let's go celebrate. I was doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, drinking and stuff like that. But, you know, that was a regular thing anyway. 
But um, you know, on the weekends, I, yeah, I was like, how do I justify that? I don't. <laughs> hey, it wasn't on the school day, so no, you good, bro. <laughs> but you know what? I did have discipline with that. I did have discipline with that. You know, never, never, do, never before the games, and never, and only when it was party time. But anyways, um. But anyways, um, you know, we were just out there hanging out and um, just ended up getting robbed. I, I was with uh, uh, three other guys, three other guys, and uh, that you know, some of my friends today. Um, and uh, you know, they, I was I was kind of lagging behind, and you know, I just got robbed. And I, you know, uh, I'm not gonna say it was my fault that I got shot, but there were some things that I could have done. Well, I probably could should have done differently. Um, you know, uh, stared at him, looked him in his eye. I wanted to beat him. Um, you know, me being the guy that I am, I'm like, you know, how you had a audacity to put a gun on me? I should beat your ass. Can we cuss on here? Yeah, you did. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just wanted to be candid. I just was like, I was thinking, like, I want to fuck you up. You know, and I'm looking him in his eye and like anybody tell you, you ain't supposed to look the gunman in the eye. You're supposed to keep your eyes down, you know. You don't have to no necessarily show fear, but me and then I disobeyed commands. Run and all that stuff, and I just turned around and walked away and I got, you know, I got touched. You know. Part of that, I blame. I blame part of that on uh, on on uh, what, what was that? Richard Pryor, uh, the Mac. He said, "I ain't no goddamn track star." I'm about to <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was and that was me. I, I'm like, nope, I ain't running from you. You gonna shoot me anyways? I'm going out like a man if I got to. And I just walked away from him. He told you to run. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, I'm like, nope. I'm doing. Yeah, he was gonna go out. He was going out the bluffs all way. Yeah, I well, I mean, you know, my friends used to tell me something was wrong with me when I was a youngster, anyways. You win, you think you can fight him? He a 50, 35-year-old man. I'm 12. I'm like, yeah. They're like, you can't fight him. I'm like, until he beat me, I can. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, and that's how I approached everything. Until you, until you, until I'm proven that I can't get it done, then I can get it done, and then I still might go back and try some more. You know what it sounds like, Glenn, bro? It sounds like because uh, the the name means butcher. So what I'm thinking is when y'all got brought here, they gave y'all the name Bloodsaw. But I'm thinking when y'all was there, when y'all was back in Africa, man, y'all was kings and queens over there, man. It's like you got uh, some royalty in your blood, man. That's what it sounds like, warrior blood. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, I mean that 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 could be it, brother. That could be it, cause um, yeah, um, I I I never I was never one to, uh, to back down. Never one to back down. Yeah. Now, um, talk about your kids for a second. So, um, you say you start you got started a little later in life with, with having kids. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. When you found out you was having the first one, what was that like for you? Man, I was excited as hell. <laughs> Ooh, I was so excited. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, because you know, like 
you know, I don't want my wife to get mad or whatever. But one of the biggest reasons that I got married is because I wanted to be in the house with my kids. I wanted my, I wanted my babies to grow up with me, you know, just like I was, you know. Um, and then on top of that, I'm like, I don't trust anybody else to teach them what I, what I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, when I, whenever, when I first, when my wife told me, man, I was so damn happy, bro. I'm like, yes, yes, it's about to go down. I'm finally having one, you know? That's what's up. And then you got the second one. The third one, was it the same type of response? Well, well you know what? The second one, the second one, uh, that was my girl, baby girl. And, um, you know, it was like, you know, uh, we're going to leave the door open. I, I don't know if we want to have another one. But we're going to leave the door open just because, you know, we don't want my man growing up by himself. You know, have, have like a little running buddy or something like that. So everything was cool. Me and my wife said, um, go get clipped. I was like, nah, I ain't let nobody put no knife near me. And then she said, look, you need to do this. I'm like, you need to do some stuff. <laughs> and we're going back and forth we're going back and forth and then one day he said baby i think i might be man i didn't want to believe that though because like chicago we're expensive <laughs> <laughs> and man boy when she told me man i got lightheaded for a minute I got lightheaded. I said, oh, my goodness, this is the first time I didn't had doubt in my life. Um, but, I mean, it turned everything turned out cool, though, man. You know, I got three beautiful babies. Man, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It's great. Tiring as hell, but great. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk about, like, being from Detroit? Cause like I, a lot of the people from Detroit that I know, are pretty one hundred. So like, what? I would I don't appreciate the compliment, but I'm from Southfield. Though. I'm outside oh. the city. I mean, that's I have a cousin that stayed in, in Southfield. Right now, I feel I feel you. I feel you, bro. Um, like like what you want to know? What you want to know? You said they one hundred. What you want to know? Yeah. What well, What was it like for you? Like the the culture and like. You know, man, that's you know, being from there. Um, no, it was, man, it, it was cool, dude. It was cool. And like, you know, I still, I still almost you know, kind of wear like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it was, a um, the, um, the industrials, uh, part of Detroit and the fact that they was, you know, um, you know, had the cars there, the car capital of the world, it, uh, it allowed for a different, uh, a different class or a bigger middle class of black folk, black folk. Yeah. So that's why you probably had, you know, because um, it actually is even evident in uh, like from like Dayton, Ohio, when you got the Ohio players, like when you had those, when you had that middle class wage to pay, pay for those music lessons and stuff like that, and and you know the uh, to, to pay pay for those different type, you know, you know, different avenues that like people from lower incomes don't really have. So yeah. like you know, just being being have being around that uh, that up you know that that middle class like a huge population of middle class black folks, 
that was uh that was a unique experience compared to when I visited other cities, you know. Um and like, you know, um it was like people could get money, black folks could get money, but then they didn't have to disconnect totally where they from where they're from. Yeah. And actually, even when we did, it was so many of us that had a little bit of dope that even when we moved out to the suburbs, like Southfield, South, my high school was 90% black. Yeah. It was one, you it, know. Isn't the city like predominantly black? Let me tell you something, bro. When I moved, when I when I came, first came to Northern, it was kind of weird to me because I would hear, uh, I would hear, you know, uh, the kids from school, I mean, you know, school talk about well, Chicago say, yeah, you know, white people live in the city. I was like, they do? <laughs> I'm like, really? Because we only had like a, there was a, a small pocket. There was a couple of small pockets in the city where, um, where there, that was like predominantly white. Mm. And like, they were like middle, lo, middle to lower, like lower middle class white people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I um, mean, it was like on the east side, and then um, we had like a small pocket on the west side of Redford, but that was it. That was it. Like when I when I came to Chicago and I started hearing about like the different sections of the city, yeah. it kind of baffled me a little bit because you know I was used to the city being the inner city being predominantly black, all black. Because like you know, you go to the mall, nothing but black people. Uh, you go. To uh, wh- wherever you went, if you was in the city, it was all black people. Yeah. So what was like? Um, I know you said that you felt kind of uh, weird about it, or whatever. But like, did you have like a culture shock getting here? Like, what was that experience? No, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I, de- I dealt with everybody before, so it wasn't like you know it was a culture shock, but it was just like. It was just me like noting uh, uh, a significant difference on how everybody was raised just because like, you know, here, um, and then I'm not saying this a disrespect Chicago, okay? Cause I look at my first movie, I was <laughs> in love with Chicago, okay? Let me tell you that first. But um, it just seemed like um, it was like either you was um, either you was like super educated and didn't really relate to the middle class brothers in the hood, or you was like super duper hood. I was like, where the middle? I was like, where the middle ground at? It wasn't that many. I just like I would see this or that, like two extremes. Yeah. And so you know, like that 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 buffer that buffer group, that middle class group. I didn't really see that see it that plentiful here when I first got here. No, not that I'm induced to brothers like y'all and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, man, because this, um, I'm pretty sure that you heard like Chicago is the most segregated oh, city. In, man, in I live it. I, I'm like, I'm riding around here looking like, oh, like up until recently, right? What couldn't you just like know somebody's ethnicity by the neighborhood they sit yeah. in? Huh. Yeah, but like. I mean, that's based on like ethnicity and race, and also as far as like social economic and education mm-hmm. too. Right. So yeah, I, I completely understand what you're talking about, man. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little different from you. You said you was from Detroit, then black person, and they'd be like, "Who you work for? Ford, Chrysler, or GM?" <laughs> or, 
Which guy are you claiming? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what it was. So you could roll right up in an F-150 or a Silverado or a Dodge Ram or something like that, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you this, man. So um, you have two boys. Yeah. Right. So what, like, what are some aspects of yourself that you will want to give to them or you want them to have so like some so i okay i'm gonna do it like this so like positive aspect and negative aspect of your character oh um well i don't know if i'm patting myself on the back but my, my <laughs> wife might say something different but i don't think i got no negative aspects okay <laughs> my, my negative aspects are powerful too but hey they, they positive too um, but now, um, like my uh, my positive aspects is just like um, the uh, tenacity, um, don't give up, um, the cockiness, the um, confidence, like just do. Cause like um, you know, like uh, you know, I, um, I take my injury or the gun, uh, uh, gunshot wound in in particular. Now, only five foot. Is you only have a five percent chance of survival, and then um, you got like a three percent chance of actually um, regaining some type of quality of life. Yes, and um, and I tell you like this, uh, I was uh, once I once I like got out of the hospital and everything like that, brother. Um, I, would, I couldn't. I couldn't do simple math. I barely could read. Um, Cause like actually going like uh, leading up to that, I was in AP everything, advanced placement everything, um, math, science, uh, literature, social studies, biology, whatever it was. You know, I was already getting. Um, I was getting. Uh, uh, I was getting looks from Big Ten, Ivy League. SEC, um, and not just for academics. I mean, not for just athletics. It was academics. West Point was at my dough. Um, so you know, I was getting. I had. A, I had basically. I had the world by the nuts. It was just being handed to me on a silver platter. Mm. And then when that happened to me, you know, like I went from you know uh, A's and B's to G's and H's. Like the teachers was like, okay. Uh, we like him. We know what he used to do, but he ain't doing it right now. So I ain't gonna spell him just plus, but we can't pass him because he can't do the work. You know what I'm saying? And so, like me sitting in, like, not with somebody else, and telling me I can't do the work. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get over this just like I get over any other injury. And and the bad thing about it was like I was too cocky, which made me too stupid to even realize the magnitude of what had just happened to me. So like I went through college failing everything, taking every I took everything like two and three times. Mm. You know, uh, he about to kick me out because I was I was uh you know I was like failing on academic probation and stuff like that. Um, but I still stayed. Um, I went to summer school. Uh, got jobs and stuff like that just so I could stick around 
and we're still failing, we're still passing it, severely passing at the same time. But it didn't matter because I'm like, I'm going to get over this eventually one day. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, I'm finally getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the kind of, um, that's the that's the uh, tenacity I'm going to um, instill in them kids. And then uh, also just the fight I have. I ain't never back down from a fight. Um, physical or mental. Now, physical part, you got to be smart enough to back down. We're supposed to, you know, <laughs> we're supposed to back down. But uh, the uh, the mental bars, mental jabs, all that stuff. I you know, it just it just that no quit attitude. Big. If there's a if there's a solution or anything that happens to you other than death, there's a way to get out of it. Yeah. And I want those kids to have those um those same attributes. You know, there's you know, uh, other than death, you can get out of that. And I'm sure the shit you think about it, I ain't cheated that. Man. man, bro, you got a you got a great testimony, man. Um, I asked you a question uh, before we booked this, man. Uh, I asked you, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And Glenn, you said uh, fatherhood means everything to me, and it's the reason for existence. So, yeah. can you uh, elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, I mean. That gives you that that gives you a purpose greater than yourself. Um, you know, this is what this is this is simply put, and I'm uh, I'm gonna take it out of that family stuff. But this is what progress is. Progress is having a plan, having a strategy, and then not seeing it. You may not be able to see it through through your lifetime, but when you have kids, you give them that plan, that strategy, so they can build on whatever you had and they can keep doing and they progress a little bit more. And then then hopefully they do the same thing. And so then we, you know, we, cause we, you know, uh, just kind of turn, take a different turn. We, you know, we talk about the equality and all that stuff. And, but that's how, that's how it's achieved. You know, and a lot of us get caught up in the fact that, you know, it ain't going to happen. I ain't going to see it. So what? Your kids going to see it. And then, you know, you got to build, you got to make sure you leave this place a better place for your kids or you leave them in a better situation to equip with better knowledge than you had when you was their age when uh, when you leave this place to ensure their survival. So do you think that's why you, um, cause you gave like the statistics, like 5% chance of surviving this, you know, 3% chance to like really live in a productive life. Do mm-hmm. you think that's why, um, why, I don't know if you like a religious, or like spiritual, but you think that's why God uh, allowed you to, to overcome those odds for, for your children? Well, I'm okay. To be honest, no, I'm not. I'm not religious. I used to have. Um, I used to have a. Uh, I used to be religious, but after that, and I thought about everything that I um, that I lost. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. boy, fellas. Are you good, bro? That's the Rugrats thing song. Ah, uh, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, 
No, that was that was just the phone. The phone was ringing. It was uh, and then on top of that, the little uh, window screen wouldn't move out the way. I kept trying to drag it out the way. But um, now what was I saying? What was I saying? Y'all remember? Yeah, you was you were saying uh, you were religious, but after the incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it it was a little deeper than that though. Um. Uh, but like, yeah, like I said, I, I was religious, but then after everything that happened to me and I used to, and I would ask why, you know, I was a good kid. I, I mean, let me tell you how good I was as <laughs> man. I got, I got, I got merit awards for consecutive days in school. Cause I went like four years without missing any days of school. Okay. Are you... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bullshit. Are you as one of them kids that got the uh, certificate at the end of the year? Perfect attendance. <laughs> yeah, perfect attendance. <laughs> I got one of those, bro. I got one. <laughs> For four years. Man. So, so you know, I, I was like a little cool nerd, whatever you want to call it. Good at athletics. Academic was a thing, and now you know it came from my, my pops. My pops had me in, had me disciplined. He like, look, man, you know you got to work hard. So guess what? I worked hard. That's all he kept. Uh, that's all he would say. You got to work hard. Whatever you want in life, you got to work hard. Don't expect anything to be handed to you. And so, um, you know, once that once that happened, you know, um, I can't. Actually, I feel that me losing my religion or backing away from it helped me get to a, a better point as far as my recovery was concerned. Um, the religious part usually is, and, and you know, this is just my own opinion, it's usually just like the mental comfort um, to help you get through sorting it out, processing you know, the things that you lost. But like from a physical standpoint, um, me losing my religion and starting to depend on myself. Mm. All I said was, it, uh, it's you that's gonna do this. Because if God didn't want this to happen to you, if he thought something, why did he let this happen? You ain't do nothing to nobody. Mm. You was a good kid. You ain't do nothing. So I just looked within and I kept drawing for myself. I got to fight, drawn for myself. I got to keep fighting, you know? And like, I would see like, not only from my father, but like other strong men that had, uh, that had came into my life. And I'm like, would they quit? Would they stop? Would they quit? Would they stop? And so, you know, that's what helped me um, through the initial part of um, the initial stages of like, um, of trying to get myself back together. But then also it was like, um, I, I took up a hobby. Um, I started reading actual history. I started getting my hands on black history books and stuff like that. And I started finding out about us. Like, I'm like, yeah, we got, so who, we got more history than slavery. I never was talking about that. Let me, let me go ahead and find out who I am. Maybe this will help me get better. So this is all me just trying to get better. I'm like, you know, trying to, Fix this up here. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe if I find out about history, where we came from, who we were. But actually, it was my question with uh, religion that actually pointed me in that direction because, like, um, I said, you know, I'm like, 
I'm thinking to myself, we've been lied to about uh, before. You know, Elvis Presley didn't make rock and roll. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, Hank Aaron or whoever, or not Hank Aaron, but uh, what, what's the dude, Hank, what, Hank Williams or whatever, the country dude, what's my man Hank or whatever. I'm like, they ain't make up country music. So I'm figuring this stuff out, I'm putting this together. So I was like, where religion come from? So I started doing the research. I was like, I got to figure out the truth, man. It's only going to help me out. And I mean, you know, I can't, I'm not, like I said, I can't, uh, I'm trying not, I don't want to offend anybody else, but um, it's like, you know, the, when I figured, when I learned about who we were, when I learned about our spiritual contribution to, to, um, you know, to spirit, you know, to, well, I, yeah, our, our contribution to spirituality, uh, or how we lived and stuff like that, how Blacks lived, how Africans lived, um, it made me feel better about myself. It, made, it built my confidence. Still couldn't do a lot of stuff mentally, but it made me feel like I could eventually do it. And so that helped me, that pushed me forward. That was cool. So what did um like what did your parents say? Did like uh, did your family grow up in the church? Or, like did your parents Man, take you in the church? They, they still in the church. They don't oh. mess with <laughs> they don't mess with me no more. They don't mess with me no more. But uh, you know, they they know um, but well, I mean I, I've become a, a lot more tolerant though, you know. You know, mainly my mama, she the only one that is still stay religious or whatever, but she had she apologized. I know, I know you don't believe in this, that, but uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm gonna pray for you. I said thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> she thinking about me because that was my biggest cheerleader growing up. Yeah. My mama, my mama cheer you on picking buckets, man. She said, <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. My mama, my mama would cheer you on for anything. That's cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, but we are getting close to time, man. Uh, we we have to declare certain episodes, Hall of Fame episodes. I think I I can safely say this is one of them. Yeah. Can we hang it up in the rafters, Doctor Young? Wow. Yeah, you got you can hang it up. All right, let's do it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm on it, fellas. Oh man. Yeah, no, nah, this was great, man. Uh, one of the last questions we asked is uh, if you had to give advice to to any father. Uh, you know, going through fatherhood, uh, what would you say to that to that dad? Um, you know what? Uh, I would say uh, this ain't inspirational at all. Okay, personal. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna preface, I'm gonna preface that with, it, but ain't nobody coming to save you. You know, um, and that's why it's important for men to support men, for us to come together and talk. Because ain't nobody else about to try to hear you out. Ain't nobody else gonna let you talk out your thing, talk, uh, talk out your problems or whatever like that. But everybody needs a place to decompress or whatever. And men, black men especially, we don't have that place to decompress. So, um, you know, uh, Keep, uh, I want them to keep that in mind, but always stay, stay concrete in the fact knowing that ain't nobody coming to save you. You know, your support group is going to help you get 
you know, uh, get you get you straighten your things out uh, mentally, strategize, but don't be thinking no nobody coming to save you. You whatever you did, you a man, you stand on it. The toxic toxic masculinity is the lack of masculinity. Mm. That's a bomb right there. I uh, like I, my, my wife told me that. No nah, man, uh, but you retained it. You know what I'm saying. But that's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great uh, great talk, man. Uh, and you're right. We do have to have these conversations a lot more. Um, Doctor Young, did you have any other questions before we wrap it? No, I don't have any questions. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you again for for jumping on here with us. No, right. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, this ain't the last time we're gonna talk, man. We're gonna we're gonna probably have a part two, man. I know it's probably some more for that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole lot, man. Yeah, yeah. Bye. We'll say that for Yes, sir. For sure. All right, well, for myself, for Terry Ray Spigalis, for Dr. Ryan Young, and for Glenn Bloodsaw Jr., thanks for listening again to WTF Interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements. All right.